Good evening, everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cooled Podcast, the podcast where we chat about, talk about all things Porsche. Uh, owner's stories again today, another owner's stories. Um, we're up to number, what number is this? It's getting very confusing for me, I have to say. If you don't know me already, my name is Michael Bath. This is the Porsche Cooled Podcast. Uh, this is the owner's stories episode. We have two, two episodes a week, owner's stories, and the other episode on Fridays, uh, where I chat with my mate Steve in Australia. Um, Steve is the other part of this podcast, the other half, not the missing link, the link. Um, so if you haven't heard any of those episodes, you should catch up on them. We're, we're up to, uh, we must be in our 60s now. I think we're in, num- this must be number, this is going to be number, I think, episode 67. This is Owner Stories 16. So Owner Stories is uh, an episode where I just chat to other Porsche owners around the world. Uh, it was an idea that came about months ago now. Um, we do it every week. I wasn't going to do it every week, but I do do it every week. I do it solo without um, Steve. Uh, Steve and I just do Fridays. Um, but this is episode 16 of Owner Stories. Um, the feedback from Owner Stories has been uh, pretty amazing, actually. You guys you guys are really enjoying it. You're really enjoying um, hearing other people's stories. I'm really enjoying talking to everyone, actually. Um, and I think, you know, and this happened again the other day uh, in a previous one, um, that people think their story is not special enough. Uh, they listen to other owners' stories, and it's funny, the owners' stories that they listen to, that person off camera said the same thing to me, you know, they didn't think their story was special enough, and then the people coming on are going, oh, I don't think my story is as good as, you know, James or Nick or, you know, um, Barry or whatever. <clears throat> so every story is important. Every Porsche journey is important. I mean, sometimes it takes us a long time to get there. Sometimes it takes us a, a very short time to get there. I know the challenges with buying a Porsche. I mean, I'm still looking for, you know, I have one. I have a 997 Carrera. Most of you guys know that. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I'm separated from my car because I, I work in Bahrain. I am actually recording this in London because I'm in London over Christmas. Um, and I haven't seen my car for a year, uh, primarily because of COVID and not being able to travel. And also because of the restrictions in Australia. Australia is very... Uh, Zero number, zero number for cases and they're, they're very restrictive and you have to quarantine in a hotel and the flights are very expensive. So I, that's the reason why I haven't um, driven my car. I'm sorry for the people that know that already. It's probably very boring. I'm just, I'm trying to acknowledge that there are new people joining the podcast and sometimes they join at a latter episode and they don't really know what, uh, what the hell is going on, so to speak. But anyway, the owner stories are really good. Um, I am recording, I have been recording these in advance. Um, so this one you're listening to today, I would have recorded probably a week or or a couple of weeks ago. I probably recorded it just before Christmas. Um, that's what I'm doing. Um, it's a Friday night here in London. I've managed to hook up with uh, another great story. Uh, this is Ryan, and Ryan's coming in from uh, Chicago area, I think it is. Yeah, Chicago area in the US, um, which uh, – who else was oh, – Todd, um, Todd Stone City Outlaw was also from the Chicago um, region, Chicago area or outside of Chicago. Um, so Ryan's on today. Uh, I'm going to see if he's online. He's about to come online in about 10 minutes. I'm just recording this intro before I get him hooked up. Um, but this is Porsche Code Owner Stories. Um, so let's get uh, Ryan, on the, uh, Ryan on, the, um, on the line and talk about his, uh, his Porsche story. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Porsche School Podcast. Like I said, this is Owner Stories. Um, this will be number 16 of the Owner Stories series. Uh, and today we have another, uh, well, I'm pretty sure he is. We have another uh, first 911 owner. Uh, and we have Ryan coming in from the US, uh, from Chicago area in the US. 
So Ryan's here with me now. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Good afternoon. I guess good evening for you, Michael. Appreciate you having me. No, I'm glad you. I'm glad you could do it today. I know you've been uh, busy. Ryan's uh, <clears throat> in the afternoon in the US, and I'm in the evening here in London. So we managed to um, we managed to tie it up quite well, I think. So Ryan, these these owner stories they always start. I, I always like to start them with the same question, and and the question I always like to start them with before we get into what car you have and what you bought and everything, even though it is in the title and people will know is. The first memories, you know, I always say the first memories of seeing a Porsche or the first memories of seeing a 911, you know, did you, was it, did you have friends or family or do you have any, you know, childhood memories of, of 911s or is it more a general interest in, in, in cars and, you know, the automotive sort of side of things? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So for me, um, Michael, I think my journey, uh, started with, with just being around cars in general, um, and so I, I grew up, um, growing up in, in the Metro Detroit, Michigan area. Um, you know, from the start, I was always surrounded by, you know, the, uh, the quote unquote motor city, right. Automotive and car culture. And so my father and I would attend the, uh, uh, the North American international auto show in Detroit every year as a kid okay. drooling all over the cars. <laughs> and so, you know, my uncle and my father, um, my, my dad's brother had a thing for cars and, you know, I think that's where a lot of my inspiration um, and, and dreams derive from to, to start from growing up. Um, and so, you know, my uncle, just to give a background about the, the cars that kind of got me to where I am now. Yep. Um, he had a he had a 1978, um, a 78 Trans Am. I'll never forget this car. It's funny. So um, I have a picture of, of myself as a baby. <laughs> and he put a cigarette in my mouth and I'm on the hood of his Trans Am oh, really? and my mother's just shaking her head like what is going <laughs> on here um but that 78 Trans Am I'll never forget it was a small block uh V8 5.0 uh liter four-speed manual and it just was it had a, a silver blue firebird on the front hood and yes. it just uh it was just pure American muscle right and so um you know from there my my uncle had uh, acquired a GMC Typhoon um, not sure if you're familiar with the typhoons. No, I'm um, not. What is that? So little, just yeah. So just a little bit. Of, so it was it was built for two years, and it was a Corvette inspired. Um, uh, you could call it a truck, a, a, like a small SUV, and it was almost 300 horsepower uh, turbocharged, and it was only for 1992 to 1993 they were built. Okay. Um, four speed automatic had almost 400 foot pounds of torque, and uh, you know back in the early 90s. It, it was pretty quick. It was, you know, zero to 60 in under six seconds. And, um, you know, they only made 4,000 of them of which my uncle had this really cool, rare teal color. And from, you know, the research I did years ago, I think that the, the typhoon only, they only made about a hundred of them in this teal color, which was really neat. And he still has it today. Um, I don't know the condition or if he's still driving it, but he still has it. Today. Oh, really? He still has it. So you haven't, you haven't yeah. seen it. You haven't actually seen the condition or, not yet. And so we're going back home. Uh, my wife and I are driving back home to Detroit for the holidays and I plan on stopping by to see, you know, how that, how that car was doing. You should, you should. Uh, yeah. And then, so, so that was the start sorry, of it. So does that, does that mean you wanted to get into American cars? You wanted to buy American muscle type cars or is that the direction you're heading in from your uncle's, you know, passion? It, it, it was at first. And, um, and then from there, he purchased a 95 C4, uh, Corvette black with a really cool red interior. Yeah. Um, so, but to get to your answer, to, to get your question, I've always been around cars and, 
you know, I think my first Porsche memory uh, as a kid growing up was really, the, I don't know if you've seen in the 90s, the early 90s, the uh, uh, the Bad Boys uh, original movie with Will yes. Smith and Martin Lawrence. Yep, and yep. <laughs> and so if you, you have, you've seen it, you know, the, the black 964 Turbo 3.6. Yes, and it was on the cover of the movie. And I'll never forget watching that movie. And I, I was like, wow, that is like superstar, just unbelievable, beautiful car. And, uh, and from there, uh, to the early two thousands, when gone in 60 seconds came out with Nicholas cage, um, you know, at the time I was in high school, I don't even think I had my license. I'm, I'm dating myself now, but, um, you know, obviously everyone drooled over the Shelby GT 500 from yeah. Eleanor, um, you know, the two door fastback Mustang. But then if you remember that movie, uh, you'll remember the beginning scene of when, uh, <laughs> when one of the actors drove past the Porsche dealership at night. He grabbed his, you know, brick yeah. from his trunk and threw it through the windshield yeah, of the yeah, dealership, and, and 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 sure, sure enough, that was a silver ninety nine, uh, nine nine six Mark One uh, on the center of the rotating turntable in the dealership that he stole. <laughs> oh, was it? Was it a nine nine six? Huh? It was. It was a nine nine six, and and it looked to be. It's interesting though. Just to, just sorry for a second. It's interesting though the nine nine yeah. the Bad Boys um, Turbo that's influenced I think so many of us. You know that that. That that car in that movie is is ruined all of us, I think, because other people have said the same. You know, that's something I always remember as well. You know, it's just you just wanted one. It's just like you Absolutely. just knew you wanted one. You knew you probably couldn't get one at the time. You just thought it was unattainable, but you know, you just wanted one. Sorry, Ryan, go on. No, no, absolutely, you're you're spot on. And then, uh, yeah, and then that 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 scene and Gone in sixty seconds when they stole that that at the time when I was. You know, that age, I didn't know. Uh, only the thing I knew about it was it was a 911, right? Yep. I didn't know the generations. I didn't know the history behind the 996 and that it was, you know, the first water-cooled engine, so on and so forth. Um, and, and so, you know, coming full circle, uh, I met my wife uh, years ago. And um, and so her father, um, yeah. her father was into Porsches. And that's what really jump-started me um, into into the Porsche uh, community and the culture. He had a uh, 66 short wheelbase 911, um, all original in polo red and black interior. So this is the one you sent me images of, which was which is absolutely beautiful. So he doesn't have that anymore? Unfortunately, uh, Michael, we had to uh, sell it earlier this year um, uh, due to just family medical uh you know reasons yes uh but he he had the car from 70 1972 until uh the end of 2019 1972 so so it was six years old he bought it when it was a six-year-old car exactly this car is you know is it's just you know me being into 912s and that being a 66 you know obviously it's a 911 it's it's you know it's the one you want um polo red which i have to say you know polo red in a 911 there's one in the UK that's come up for sale, Ryan, and, and I'm not a big fan of red cars, but I have to say that the 60s 911 in the polar red, it actually, especially when it's got the black interior, when it's got the black mm-hmm. leather red interior or leather interior, it does look very, very special. And when you sent me that, uh, those pictures the other day of, of his car, it made me go back to classic cars in the UK and look at that car that was for sale again, the 912, because I thought, hang on, am I missing something here? Because this, the one that Ryan sent me actually looks really, really good. So, sure. so your father, so you see it in Bad Boys. You see uh, it in Gone in sixty seconds, and that's a nine nine six. So you're in a water cooled, and then yep. you know your 
your wife today or your future wife at the time, her, her father has got a 9-11. So when did you, when did you decide that you wanted to, to buy one? And it was only quite recently, right? So That's right. That's right. So it, it, that's a really good question. And my story is kind of unique. And so I, I drove my father-in-law's uh, 9-11, air-cooled, obviously, and it was a pain to figure out where the gears were in that gearbox. The dog leg, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, right? And so um, from there, one of his close friends, basically one of his nephews, um, essentially, was big into Porsches because of my father-in-law. And so his name's Michael. Same as the same name as Michael, and he had purchased a uh, a nine nine one GTS. Uh, I think it was twenty. I forget what year it was, but it was in Carrera white, black wheels, uh, PDK though. Yep. Um, and so he brought his car over uh, right before we sold my father in law's car to take pictures. Yes. And it was my first time meeting him, and he threw the keys to me. He said, "Hey, go ahead, drive the drive the nine eleven. Um, and, and, and at that moment in time, Michael is when I knew I need to, I needed to buy one. The, but you're driving, you know, you are, if it's a 991.1, which I'm guessing it is, it, it is yeah. yeah 991.1. So naturally aspirated GTS PDK. That's not a problem in the, in, in that car. It's, it's a very, very good car. So that's it. Once you get into that. So didn't you think then, well, hang on, I, I, I want to buy a 991. I did. And then I realized that 991s were out of my budget. <laughs> so the 991s, a 991, the cheapest 991, for example. So when you started looking, you started to look at it. Did you look at a 991 first? You did actually do the search on them and think, hang on, maybe I could get a 991. And then you saw the price. But what was what is the level of 991s when you started looking US in US dollars around about? Sure. So uh, just to level set, US dollars, 991 for a GTS like that would have been uh, at the time uh, would have been probably around I would guess uh, north of 100, 121, uh, 25,000, if I had to guess, um, around that time. And so um, the, other, the other deciding factor, Michael, was that uh, I needed a new family car. My wife and I needed a new daily car between the two of us. Yes. Um, and so I couldn't go all out. And uh, that had uh, a play with the, the budget. Okay. That's, that's fair enough. So there's a, there's a balancing act there because, and we'll get onto your family car. I don't want you to bring it up yet, but we will get onto that. Um, so you're balancing it. You know you want a Porsche. You know you want a 911. And 991s, you know, even used 991s, they're still quite expensive. I know even in the UK, they're not super cheap. Obviously, in Australia, they're very, very expensive still. Well, not very expensive, but much more expensive than a 996, you know. So, so the 991's out of your budget. You know you have to get a family car as well. So then you start looking at, do you start looking at 997s or you just go straight to the 996 because of that, that movie imprinted into your brain from when you were a kid? Sure, sure. So, you know, I know, as you mentioned, I know I needed to find a family car. And, um, and so from there, right before uh, the, the 2020 uh, mark, we, my wife and I actually were looking for uh, an SUV. And so we ended up yep. getting a, a Macan, a 2018 Macan um, and in white, Carrera white. And, and there really, really jump-started me as well. It, it kind of just all this momentum, right? And then okay. now I got into the Macan, and now I've got the itch after driving the 991. I thought you got the 911 um, first, so you got the Macan yeah. first. So then you know what what a Porsche – then you, you're starting to feel like this is a bit like the – This is a bit like the 991 that you had driven. It's more modern. And then you feel, okay, I like this. So then you start – that's why you start without, looking for the 996. 
So what Macan do you have? Is it a Correct. S? Correct. Carrera, is it a Macan S or a Macan Turbo? It's, it's just the, yeah, no, it's, it's this funny. So again, back to the, it's just the base. Okay. Um, and There's so we live in Chicago, that. right? And so I think, yeah, it's a great car. It's a great daily car. Um, we really, at the end of the day, we wanted something that we could get to and from and didn't want to spend a, a significant amount of money, right? Yes. Um, we bought it, I bought it, uh, basically like new, I mean, it had 2,500 miles on it, got a pretty good deal. Um, all white with the Luxor Bay's interior. It, it's, 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 you know, it's not fast in, in terms of SUV fast, but it's, it's got enough power for us around the city. Um, knowing in my, and strategically knowing that in the back of my mind, I was teeing this up for my sports car, which is, you know, yeah. the 996, um, <laughs> and I think the Macan, you know, the Macan in the base, um, we'll get onto your 911 in a second, but the Macan in the base, I think is fine. I wouldn't, I think the Cayenne in the, in the base is, is a little bit underpowered. You know, the Cayenne in the base is a little bit underpowered, sure. but I think in the Macan, the, the base is actually, is actually fine. As you know, Steve, that I did the podcast with, his wife has a, has a turbo, they have a Macan turbo. I think you know that. Uh, I think it's a 2014 yep. or 2013. But you know, Steve Steve managed to find a really good price for that car, and he bought it used in Australia. And at, and in Australia market, the turbos were actually cheaper than the GTSs. He was looking for a, a Macan GTS. You know, this is the, not the face. This is not the new wow. model. This is the model before, and the turbo was actually cheaper. So he bought a turbo, and he got a really good price on it. And it's you know, it's it's just it's just what's there at the time, isn't it? You know, you have to be you have to be sensible, and you have to buy something within your budget. And also, like you said. We're leading to your 911, so you buy the Macan, and then you think, okay, 911 is is coming very shortly. So what happens then? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, so at first, I wasn't even looking for a 911. To be honest, um, I knew I always wanted one, um, but I I didn't know at the time what the market was like, right? And I always heard, you know, air cool. I mean, obviously, everyone knows the air cooled market's just you know through the roof, and I think it's steady, steadily you know maintaining and plateauing, if you will, but um, I was looking for, uh, you know, I was actually searching for a boxer first. Okay. Um, right. And so a nine, eight, six, um, I really didn't nail down a, a, a budget to say, uh, but I knew, I knew I had a range in which I wanted to fall within. Um, and, and so I was looking at nine, eight, six, I was looking at a nine, eight, seven. Yes. I went as far as to look at, uh, there was an RS 60, uh, yes. available yeah, I know in the one. area. Yeah. And if you know that one, it's, it's, it's got some, you know, special, unique, uh, you know, history behind it. Yeah. And so I was looking at those vehicles and then lo and behold, um, I, one of my really good buddies who had a nine, eight, uh, seven S, um, he had a nine, eight, seven S and then upgraded to a nine, nine, seven C two S guards red, which was absolutely stunning and beautiful. Um, he's a, he's, he used to live here in Chicago with me and he's a patent attorney and his law firm partner has a car collection. Okay. And my, my friend George goes, Hey, uh, just FYI, you know, not that you would be interested, but one of my partners at my law firm is, is thinking about getting rid of his nine, nine, six, nine, 11, uh, Mark two. And, uh, he's like, he lives, you know, close by to you in the Chicagoland area. And, uh, you know, why don't you reach out to him and, and, and check out his car? And so, um, I went out it's about an hour drive from the city to the suburbs of where, you know, he lives. And I yep. had no, to be honest, Michael, I had no intentions of, of buying the car. Right. And so, you know, I, um, um, I, I drive about an hour outside of the city to meet him. Um, you know, he had a folder full of maintenance records, had the IMS done, uh, from Ellen engineering was completed. 
at the time it had 59,000 miles and it was a 2002. Okay. And uh, I, I took it out for a test drive and immediately heard the intake and exhaust and, uh, and was sold. <laughs> and so had, just let's go back one step. So you said you were looking for yeah. boxsters. Had you actually test drove any, had you driven any boxsters? Had you looked at any boxsters or you just, you got this call from your friend and that was, you went on that direction? Yeah, right. So I actually went to the deal. I went to one of the Chicagoland dealers to test drive the RS60. And while I was on the way to the dealer to test drive it, they called me and said, Hey, it's sold. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, and so between that and this 996, I did test drive, I test drove an, another 996 that was uh, a little, a little beat up. Um, so I passed on that one. I knew I wanted one. If I wanted a car, I wanted one with, you know, a well-documented maintenance history, a good clean example, semi-low miles. Um, and so, and so, yes, I, to answer your question, I didn't, I didn't actually test drive, wasn't able to test drive a boxer, okay. um, but I test drove multiple 996s. So you, you drive this 996, um, the owners, obviously it's been well looked after, it's well documented. Once you've done, once you've driven it once, you know, you want it. Do you, do you seal the deal there and then, or do you say to him, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of PPIs, you know, do you get an inspection of the car? Or do you trust the service records and the maintenance history of, of the car? Great question. Great question. And so uh, one of the things that I wanted to do, he had a lift in his garage, right? Okay. And so coupled with the maintenance documentation and he, um, you know, he was a very, he was a very meticulous guy. You could just tell when I, when I came, pulled up to his house, um, you know, his garage was spotless. He, he did the favor of pulling, putting the car up on, on the lift to take a look for any, you know, leaks. Um, and so I'm a big fan of PPI. I actually, it's funny. So I, I did a, I did a PPI, but I did a post-purchase inspection. <laughs> oh, okay. Post-purchase. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, exactly. that's still good. That's still good though. So we'll, we'll talk about that. So you put it up on the lift and it was, it was fine underneath. There was no issues that you could see. There were no issues, um, no leaks, no nothing. And it was, um, you could tell it was definitely well taken care of. Um, and, and again, like I mentioned, he had a folder full of maintenance records and I went through and combed through each one, um, over the course of its life and knowing the relationship that my, my friend George had with him, they were all in the car community. Um, you could just tell that he took really well, good care of his vehicles. And, um, I was confident that this was, um, that this was the case. So, so we come back to the, the, it's like the safe place, isn't it? You trust the seller. The seller is known by someone that you're good friends with. Um, then you check the car out and the car seems to be perfect. So tell the listeners w exactly what the car is. So it's a 02, 02996. That's right. That's right. So it's a 2002 996. So Mark II, um, C2 Cabriolet, yes. manual transmission. Um, it's in seal gray with a black leather interior. And, um, you know, at the time it had these really uh, and I think you saw them on. You on, showed uh, me that. I sent on, also that picture. The yeah, yeah, they're they're not great. <laughs> no, they had these ugly, ugly aftermarket wheels, and I'm understating that when I say ugly. And so I know I knew one of the first things that I wanted to do was find a uh, a good clean set of uh, of 18 inch turbo twists. And uh, I happened to come across the, a set here in the Chicago uh, Porsche community. Yeah. Um, and they were and they were hollow. Uh, which is even a, a, a plus. Okay. Uh, save a little bit of weight. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that's the car in a nutshell. And um, you know, yeah, it's so got a. Yeah, go ahead. I just tell the listeners. So the, the the seal gray. So Ryan's car. It's got the turbo twist wheels. So the turbo twist wheels. They're the C4S wheels, aren't they? That's correct. 
they're the same on the Carrera 4S, yeah? That's, that's those wheels, which are, that's which are a lovely that's wheel. Correct. The other wheel that, that the owner had on Ryan's car, I guess you can explain it like a, um, it's, I don't know what that wheel is actually. It looks like it's trying to be a Porsche wheel, but it's not a Porsche wheel, but it's a, it's a big, <laughs> it's a big upgrade, Ryan. It looks, you know, back to the OEM. And I, you know, when I purchased my 997, and you probably heard me talk about this before, it had Techart wheels on it. And the Techart wheels I didn't have an issue with. I had an issue with the fact that they were 20 inch. Um, I remember just, seeing that video of yours. Yeah. yeah, and they're just a little bit too big, so that's why I went to the back to the lobster claws, which you know were just to me much much better, and OEM as well. So the wheels look great. So you found the wheels. What options did your car come? I'm just looking at your pictures while I'm talking to you. What options did your car come with standard? Was it, it was heavily options? No, I think it was pretty base. I think the, the the sticker price, and I'm I'm trying to pull up the the actual um, option list here, but the sticker price is about eighty nine. Um, back in 2002, it had, um, it didn't have, you know, the MO30 suspension, uh, did not have that, yes. um, did not have, uh, you know, uh, PSC it, it's, it's, there's no PASM. There's no, uh, you know, none of that. Yes. Um, and so I, I, I want to say the only thing that off the top of my head that it, it doesn't have a Bose system. So okay. it's stock radio. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's just pretty much just base. Um, uh, off the top of my head, I, I, I can't re- I can't recall what else it has, um, leather interior. But uh, other than that, it's it's no frills. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. I mean, look, my nine nine seven is pretty much the same. It had, I mean, mine had Bose, and mine has um, telephone sure, kit, sure. which is now you know extended telephone module. Oh, that's um, right. I don't think my car has anything else apart from those two options. I think that's pretty. I can't even think what else it had. I think that's pretty much it. Um, so I'm the same yeah. thing. My car was pretty much spec base. Oh, the wheels were an option. The original wheels on mine were 19-inch sport, one of the sport wheels, which are very heavily spoked. That was actually sure. the original wheel. Obviously, it wasn't the Carrera S wheel. But there's nothing wrong with that. I, I just, mean, yeah. the, the fact is I you just found, found it. A, yeah, and you found it. Oh, you found the options? Yeah, I did. Okay. I, it's, it's funny. So the, the original 18-inch alloy Carrera wheels, which were not the wheels that were on the car, yes. right, yes. <laughs> than when I purchased it, yeah. um, it, had the, it had the 446 option, which is the wheel caps with a colored crest. Yes. Um, it had uh, black, black leather interior, black mats, uh, the comfort package, and the Technic package. Um, ah, I forgot, the heated front seats. That was oh, it. you've got okay, um, that's then, a pretty big option, Ryan. Heated front seats, <laughs> uh, especially in Chicago, right? Yeah, exactly. But I that's what the, you need. Yeah, but I don't really I don't drive it during the winter. Um, uh, and then the three spoke wheel, so that's huge. Oh, okay, nine six. Okay, so it, had, it yeah. did have a few options. Someone did actually option it a little yeah. bit. Did the so the wheels? I just want to ask a quick question about the wheels. The the guy that owned it that you purchased it off, did he actually change the wheels out, or was it done? Did he own this car from new? No, so um, these were the wheels he purchased from the original owner. Okay. And uh, the original owner put these aftermarket wheels on, and the original wheels nowhere to be found. <laughs> okay. Okay. But you've done well. well I mean, you've you've put the C four S wheels on them, the Turbo Twist, and they're they're a great wheel, and they look they look really good on the uh, on the you. Cabriolet. That's for sure. You bought the so you decided you 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 so you just looked underneath the car, you checked it out. The guy's a trustworthy guy. He knows your friend. So what do you do then? You you give him a deposit. You decide there on the spot. Okay, I'm going to take this car now. Great question. So I actually um, I drove the Macan home, and I, I sat on it for a night. And I talked to my wife. And I said, Hey, I, I think this is the car. I I wasn't 
expecting to, to love the car and I drove it and it was again, well-maintained uh, documented history, which was a big criteria. The IMS obviously was another big criteria for me that was done. He had proof and documentation um, and it was a clean example and it was a Cabriolet and I knew I wanted a Cabriolet or convertible. Um, and so I slept on it. And then the very next day I drove back out to the suburbs and I bought the car. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So what was the reasoning? What was your, and I asked this to people who have bought Cabriolets and, you know, I've had Justin on from Australia and I've had Connor on from Utah who both have Cabriolets. What was the reasoning why you wanted a Cabriolet? So the main reason really, to be honest, Michael, was for my first sports car, uh, one of the things that, that I always wanted was, was, was to be able to have that open feel, open atmosphere experience. And my wife also wanted that. Okay. And so, you know, between the two of us, we were, we were both saying, Hey, you know, why wouldn't we want to try a convertible, especially, you know, granted we're in Chicago. Um, but during the summer, spring and fall times here, it's absolutely beautiful and gorgeous to drive down Lakeshore drive with the city skyline behind you and, uh, and, and driving right up on Lake Michigan. And there's nothing, there's nothing like it. And so we've done that as much as we could uh, this year, especially with COVID, uh, just going out for drives and, and, and whatnot. And it's been, uh, it's been experience. And I think it's also one of those things where when you have your top down and you're above 4,000 RPM and getting it and getting that 3.6 liter, everyone knows that sound, that intoxicating, yes, yes. addicting sound. It, it's, it, it puts another level of experience and another level of just, just overall um, just passion when you hear yep. it open air and the engines in the back yep fantastic fantastic so y- y- you bought the car you went back out you purchased it so then you said you did a, a, an inspection after the fact after you paid the money so you picked up the car and then you take it to a porsche specialist in chicago or a porsche dealer what what do you do then i did i took it to a a very well known reputable um uh independent dealer here in the Chicagoland area, yep. Midwest Performance Cars, uh, phenomenal customer service. The people over there are, are great. And um, and I took it in for a PPI. And, and at the end of the day, there, there were very minor things. Um, and, and they found, and one of the things that they found was the uh, the, the front headlight washer was uh, was not okay. working. Yep. You, you know, the little silver yeah, front yeah, headlight yeah. washer, right? Um, the, the parking brake needed adjustment. Um, the, uh, I, one of the, the air filter needed to be replaced. So I ordered it myself. I replaced it myself. Um, a new gas cap, the, the seal on the gas cap was, was cracked. Right. Yes. So I went on Pelican parts and I ordered a gas cap, replaced that myself. Um, and then, and then really the tires, which were on those horrible wheels. And I knew that going in that I need to buy a new set of tires. So when I bought the wheels, I bought a brand new set of tires as well. So what tires um, did you end up buying? Did you buy N-spec tires for the Porsche or did you buy non? Did you buy the, the tires for the car? I guess you got a slightly bigger wheel though, but still, did you buy the, which tires did you end up buying? Yeah, so knowing that I wasn't going to drive the car during the winter months um, as much, right? And I still, it's funny because this year is the exception. It's been, there's been days where it's been 60, 70 degrees in, really? in this part of the country and it's been, it's been crazy. That's great. And no snow and no snow. Wow. So, so with that, I, yeah, and, and, and usually we get a ton of snow at this time of the year. Um, but I actually went with, I did a lot of research, did a lot of reviews, talked with some folks, and I just went with a um, an all-season tire. I did with Continental Extreme um, and the Extreme Sport Contact, I believe, the DWS 06s. Okay. And they've been, they've been really, really good. Um, 
And, you know, fast forward to maybe when I need to replace these, I, I probably would go for, you know, uh, you know, your standard Michelin uh, sports, uh, pilot sports. But uh, right now these are doing, uh, I got a really good deal on them. They're doing uh, perfect for okay. what I'm using it for. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. So <clears throat> the, the, you said the IMS was done. So the IMS was done by LN, LN Engineering which everyone knows if they know Porsche that they're the people to get it done from. That's right. What about the clutch? Was the clutch, how did you go when you put the car in for an inspection? Did, did the clutch, the clutch was okay. It wasn't slipping. There was no issues. Great question. Um, so when they did the LN engineering IMS bearing, they replaced the flywheel and the clutch at the same time. Okay. And, uh, when I bought, when I purchased the car, I had 59,000 miles and they did, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they did the IMS bearing with the flywheel and the clutch at uh, 49,000 miles. Oh, really? In, in 2015. Oh, okay. Well, that's so, great. That's only 10,000 yeah. miles. So that's, that's fantastic. And that's, so you've got a new clutch, you've got the, you've got the IMS issue sorted, um, and the car's good to go. There's nothing else wrong with it. Exactly. Going back to the sound, you've got the Cabriolet, you've got the top down. You said it didn't have a PSE exhaust. Are you intending on making the exhaust throatier? Are you intending on updating the exhaust to the to the Fista mod, or are you going to get something more expensive like the car graphic, the car graphic exhaust, or or are you just going to leave it as it is? Is it enough? So I know you. I think you put the Fister exhaust on yeah. your nine nine seven, correct? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I have. Yeah. And when I yeah, and, and we were talking about options, and it just came st- standard, uh, standard, no 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 frills, no exhaust on it. And um, when I purchased a car it actually had a, a fab speed exhaust. Oh, okay. Um, and so, yeah. And it had a, a K and N intake, um, and a fab speed exhaust. Those were the only two modifications that were done, uh, to the car. And, and that's what sold me on it. And, uh, <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's absolutely just, it, it's incredible. I love the sound. Yeah. A lot of people choose the fab speed for, um, for the nine nine six. That's great. So it had a really good yeah. sound. So it, it's, that's all sorted. So, how, when did you when did you pick up the car? What month was it? It was August of 2020, so right in the thick of you know everything that was going on <laughs> at so, the time. So August. So you've only had it a few months. It's very new. That's right. And you're very you're new. not driving yep. it at the you're not driving it at the moment because you're thinking it's going to be snow and and be the Chicago winter that you know that it's known for, or so you put it away for the winter. Yeah, so it's it's stored right now. Um, it's actually stored at my father-in-law's house uh, where his 911 was okay. <laughs> in that same exact spot. And so uh, I'm here in Chicago and they're back in the Metro Detroit area. And so, yeah, it's stored for the winter. We're actually driving back to Detroit area here this weekend and I plan on starting it up. And if it's, you know, if it's decent weather out, it's supposed to be 45 degrees Fahrenheit, 50 degrees Fahrenheit, maybe I'll take it around uh, the neighborhood. We'll see. So... Tell me, tell me how you felt. Tell me the feeling when you, you know, you picked up the car, you know, it might've been before you went and got the inspection done and, and everything was ticked off and everything's great. But that first drive, the first drive when you drove the car and you thought, wow, this is, this is everything that I wanted. This is everything that I imagined. Do you remember that drive? Cause everyone normally remembers that, 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 that moment when it hits you. One, 100% remember. Um, and what I remember is the previous owner, he, he, he explicitly told me, he said, Hey, make sure you get it up past 4,000 and get on it. And he told me, he's like, get on it. And that was, that was in hindsight. That was his selling point. Right. Yep. <laughs> he's like, take the top down and and drive the thing. And so I, I obliged and I, I, I listened and sure, sure enough, took the top down and I took it around the highway. Um, and, and on the on-ramp, I got on it from first to third. 
And wow, it was um, for those that, you know, have an intake and for those that have the fab speed exhaust on the 996, they know, they know exactly. And, you know, no different than probably the 997, but I think this one was, it was eye-opening to me to hear it. And then also it, it's, and everyone here knows it's not by far, by, by any means the fastest car on the road, but it's, it's got enough power for you to put a smile on your face. And that, that sound was uh, intoxicating. So the fab speed as well will be a lot lighter than the stock exhaust, I think, from memory. The fab speed's quite a lot lighter. So you're getting a little bit of a... a That's right. Well, ...in a power bump there as well, aren't you? As well as the... That's right. ...as well as the other mod. So you are getting a bit more power. You're getting a better sound. What else... So what now? So you... you there's not... It doesn't sound like you really need to do much to it. So the Cabriolet, being a 2002, how was the condition of the top? Was the top in good condition? That's a that's another good question, Michael. So the top was in phenomenal condition. Um, one of the things that that I actually had to uh, sort out um, after about a month was actually one of the the I think it was one of the motors in the in the Cabriolet. Yes. Um, uh, and so I was I was going out to golf with a buddy of mine, and we both put our clubs. I laid the back seat uh, back seats down, and we put our clubs down. I put the convertible top uh, down and. Um, as we were pulling up to, uh, the golf course, I put the car, you know, I parked the car and I'm, I'm pressing the Cabriolet button to close and it's not moving. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Oh Lord, what happened here? Right. And so, um, so, so yeah, one of the things that, that, that I had to do was, was sort that out. And it was one of the, mo- the motors, uh, for the Cabriolet, uh, again, Midwest performance cars. They did a really nice job sorting that out. Their, their guys there are phenomenal. Um, and, and so I had to sort out the Cabriolet, but other than that, um, I mean, the thing is, is, is in great condition. Um, is that an expensive fix for the motor in a, for the motor for the top, the Cabriolet top? It is, it isn't cheap. Um, and so, you know, they had to order the part from Porsche Germany. Cause I guess one of the things my memory is jogging now, one of the, the, the parts that this part specifically was, um, was now, uh, was a 997 part now that they put in the 996. Okay. So they, there was none in the U S and so they had to order the parts directly from Porsche uh, overseas and then ship it over. And, and I think it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't cheap. Let's just say that for the yeah, Cabriolet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's not a common thing that, that goes on the Cabriolet tops when you put it into to Porsche to fix it. It's not a common thing. So they don't carry stock of that part. It's not, I would think that would be quite a common thing on old Cabriolets where that would actually go, you know. You would think so as well. I thought yeah. as well. And, and so when he came back to me and said, hey, you know, it's going to take some time because we got to order the part from overseas. Yeah. And, and and there was no parts in, you know, the big dealers here in the Chicagoland area, none in, you know, the West Coast in California, none in, in the South in Miami. And so I was surprised just as much as you are, Michael. And I thought, mm-hmm. hey, maybe I'll get it back within, you know, a few days. And it, um, I actually ended up taking it back home and uh, I think it was about maybe a week and then I took it back into the shop and they had the part and sorted it out. And then, uh, and then I, off I went. But that's pretty good though. I mean, you didn't really, you know, you haven't really had to spend that much money on it. It was pretty much perfect. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want you to divulge the price, but the, the price that you paid, was it, was it low, medium or, or high for that, for that model and that, and for a cabaret? Yeah. So, so I would, I would say I got a really good deal. Um, in August of 2020, I think everyone knows now the 996 market is is steadily going yes. north and going up. Yeah. Um, you can see it in all uh, in on P car market on cars and bids on bring a trailer, yeah. um, and so I, I paid um, I paid between fifteen and twenty thousand US wow. for this. That's fantastic. And, um, 
And, you know, after, after doing a lot of research, I, I quickly realized that I got a really good deal, um, especially in this time right now. Yeah, because the Cabriolet, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote Australian prices like I always do, that, that Cabriolet that you have, in the condition that from the photos that you've shown me, the images you've sent me, um, I know one came up in Autohouse Hamilton where I take my car in Sydney, and I think it was about 45,000 Australian. So 45,000 Australian is probably about 30... 30 odd thousand US, 32, 33,000 US, I think. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. I think that's about it. Wow. And that, that was a, that was the cheapest one. I mean, there are some for, there's another really good one for sale. Same as yours. I think at 2003 Carrera, Cabriolet, Silver, and they want, guy wants 59,000 Australian dollars for it. (laughs) I saw Michael, I I actually. So the price you have is really good. Yeah, but I still yeah. think, and I, I, you know I've said, I don't know if you've heard the podcast where I've said this before, I really do think, you know, one, you know, I was talking about this the other night, I did a live chat with Ajmal, the flat cap driver that I did a previous owner's stories with, actually last night, I think it was last night I did, I can't remember. Um, and we're talking about, you know, what is it about, what is it about the 912, the classic 912, that people want them now? And it's kind of like, and Ajmal said a very important thing, I think, it's like these cars that used to be people used to think used to be second best or ugly are no longer like that right. all of a sudden right. the whole mindset right. has changed the 912 the 914 the 996 and those three yep. cars in general are all going up you know what i mean that's right and that's and right. then you've got the cabriolet and i you know i'm and i keep referring to this and i don't know whether you saw it on instagram on porsche porsche's instagram page they put that image of the Cabriolet that is on display in the museum in Stuttgart with the surfboard on the roof and the hard yep. top. And I'm telling you that that alone tells you, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then there was the video Absolutely. on the, and then there was the video on the Porsche channel. Did you see that where the guy has his surfboard where he throws it in the back and then he goes around yep. the winding grounds. I don't know. It was California. I think it might be an owner's story, you know, proper actual owner, you know, right. and that whole thing with the Cabriolet and it's cool. And people, you know what I mean? You don't have to have yeah. you know, a coupe. You don't have to have, you know, and I've spoken to other people in other stories that have it in a Tiptronic or have it in the PDK, you know. Um, sure. You've got the manual, so you've got, you know, you've got a good transmission. I was going to say, you said your wife really, really liked uh, the Cabriolet idea in the 911. Does she drive? Right. Does she drive stick? Does she drive manual? She doesn't, but she doesn't. Uh, <laughs> she's always, no, she does not. And, but she always is, is, is game for a ride and, and game for, for a drive around the city. Um, uh, but, but yeah, it's, I agree with you. I think, you know, the, 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 and you know, this, the purists out there will look at the Cabriolet and say, Oh, it's not a coupe and you know, it's heavier. And, and guys, we're talking about, you know, 50, 75 pounds. Sure. It's heavier, but we're not drinking. I'm not taking my car out to the track and running. You know what I mean? I'm enjoying yeah. it. I'm, ex- I'm enjoying the drive. I'm enjoying the experience on, you know, on, on public roads. And, um, you know, still, I, I, I think the, the Mark two Cabriolet, I want to say it's, 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 3,050 pounds. Right. Um, and the 991 or 996.1 Mark one is, is 29, 2,900 or 2,950. Um, so it's still a very light vehicle. Yeah. See, I, even, even, even at the Australian prices, Ryan, even at 45 to 55,000 Australian dollars, right. I still think, you know, I'm a fan of the 996 Cabriolet. I've said it before. I think for for value for money for the car you're getting, I would choose the 996 yeah. Cabriolet over the Boxster, of course, because it is a 911. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think if you can get one at, like at the price you've 
bought yours at or if you can get one you know even in australia or the uk at twenty thousand pounds or you know under forty thousand australian dollars you've got a really really good car which is is just going to keep its value and and keep appreciating um and i think that's, that's what's great about it so since you've had it you've been driving it a little bit have you have you thought about other things you'd like to do to it are you going to do any other modifications? Are you going to add carbon like what Steve does? Are you going to add more leather parts like I've been buying up leather parts like crazy? <laughs> sure. What, what's 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 the plan? So so I think for me the, the one thing it's funny I had it in my cart a couple times and I just didn't pull the trigger. Um, but but I I follow I don't know if you follow nine nine six road trip. He's yes, uh, I do. yeah Brock. And he's uh, he inspired me to look at the fab speed intake, and it's the carbon fiber uh, dual intake with the um, competition air intake yes, from yes, fab yes. speed. Yes, yes. And so, um, you know, I, I was doing some research, and not only is it carbon fiber, and it just looks incredible. Yeah, it looks but, very good. Uh, it looks awesome, and, yeah. and 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 I've been told that it, it from a performance uh, perspective, it's it's definitely worth the money which is the biggest piece for me. And so I, I contemplated about buying it. I had it in my cart a few times and I got, you know, notifications or emails from Fabsby. Hey, you left this in your cart. What can we do to, you know, to help make sure that this is a good purchase? How for much you, is so that, Ryan? Forth. How much is it? It's a, uh, it's a thousand US. A thousand um, US. A thousand US. And it's, so it's not, it's not a lot of money, but it's not, you know, just changed left around the table. But, uh, but then there was also Brock gave me a, a, a discount code because he's got a partnership with Fabspeed for ten percent off, so it's oh, okay. you know it turns out to be you know nine hundred plus shipping and whatnot. Does so he have that on the, his car? Does he? Sorry, does he actually have that on his nine nine six? He does. I haven't does, seen those yeah. Im- images. I've really. He's got that on he his nine nine six. Wow. Okay, I have to yep. check that out. He does, and uh, and so that would be the only short term thing that I would consider doing. Um, you know, other than that, I, I'm just enjoying it. I'm just uh, you know loving it. And, uh, you know, we'll see what next year brings. That's interesting, actually, because, you, you know, a lot of people, when I speak to them, they have this list of things they want to do. You know what I mean? And I think it's kind of, and I'm not making fun of the other people, but it's refreshing that, you know, you, the experience that you wanted, you knew you wanted the Cabriolet. The car's yeah. got the, it's already got the exhaust on. It's got the fab speed. And the other thing you want to do, because you know the experience is there. You've got that experience already. What you're thinking about is getting that little bit of extra power. You know what I mean? Getting that That's little right. bit of extra power, which will add to your experience. But it's not about all the cosmetic things. It's more about the performance and, and that side of it. And that's where, you're, that's, right. that's where you're looking at, yeah? That's exactly spot on. I, I knew at, at this, my first 911, um, I wanted to be able to jump in. And it needed 100% needed to be a manual transmission. No frills, no nannies, no you know PASM or you know traction control. I wanted it to be a pure driver's car, and um, and, and that's what you know uh, that's what I got. And yeah. so you know, and and ultimately at the end of the day, uh, one that I know won't break the bank, and yes. one that I know will 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 certainly um, fulfill the experience that uh, that you know you and I have been talking about, and it certainly has. 
Well, I think it's fantastic because you, you, you've got a two-car Porsche garage. You haven't just got a one-car Porsche garage. You've got the Macan and you've got the 911. So, you know, yeah. to people who are trying to get on the train, so to speak, to people who are wanting to get into the Porsche, the brand, you've got the perfect combination, really. And, you know, Steve, you. Has that, Steve has that combination as well. Of course, he has a GT3, but it's, you know, it's, the Macan is a, is a great car. It really is. And yeah. as long as you've got the 911, it's fine. It doesn't matter what model it is. So let's get on to, um, I always like to ask the question, what next? You know what I mean? Yes. So you've had the taste of air cooled uh, from your father-in-law. And I keep going on about how beautiful it is, but it really was a beautiful car. What 911 would, would you like to get next after this one? You've got the bug, right? So you're going to keep this one for a little while. You've only just bought it. But let's just think about what would come next. Yeah, great question. I already know what I think I'm going to get next. Okay. And? <laughs> it just It's just a matter of time when I find the right one. I think you told um, me as well, I've, so I actually think I know. But tell the listeners yeah. what you're going to get next. That's a good choice. So so once you, know, once you find the one, everyone knows this. Once you find that clean example and you see it, you just have to have it. And so for me, I think you know, I'm going to make the jump, and I think I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get a 996 GT3. I think that's on my, on my list of, of potential next cars. That's definitely number up there in the, in the top three, maybe number one. Perfect. Um, and so, you know, I, I just love, I, again, I just love the 996 generation people, you know, as everyone knows, people bash on the headlights. I love the headlights. I think it sticks yeah. out and, and is unique compared to all others. Um, but, but for me, the, the next car, I, I, I would really love to find a nice clean example of a 996 GT3 in, uh, in the next year. We'll see. In the next year. Okay, yeah. so the GT3 996, would you get a point one or would you get a point two? I mean, I watched the, and I don't know whether you watched it with Andreas Prudinger and Chris Harris when they were going through all the GT3s in the in the yes. Porsche in the Porsche shed, I will call it the Porsche shed that we all want to own. <laughs> exactly. And he act, and obviously uh, AP didn't have a lot to do with the Mark One. He had more to do with the Mark Two, but he said the Mark Two yep. is the one. It's the lighter one. It's the That's better right. car. So is, am, that, uh, is that where you're going? Is that the direction? Honestly, at this point in time, Michael, I would take either one. I would need to, uh, I don't got my heart set on a, a specific, either it's a dot one or dot two. I, I'd love to test drive both. Um, but but there is one on the market right now that's not too far. Uh, they're asking for, I want to say 75,000. Uh, it's in, it's in uh, basalt black. That is so cheap. Um, Seriously, that yeah, is so cheap. 75,000 US. And, and, and I'll be honest, there was one, from Puerto Rico not too long ago. I don't know if you've seen that one, but the guy ran away with it. The, the buyer ran away with it. It was a 996 um, GT3 uh, Mark II from yeah. Puerto Rico. And I don't have it out, out in front of me, but I want to say he he got it for like 60,000 US. Really? And it had maybe 40,000 miles on it, which the miles That's don't crazy. scare me. And, um, and so if I can find one in a clean example around that, I'm, yeah. all, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a really good price. I mean, Australian yeah. prices are around about you know 140 upwards Australian. So you know, work that out. In so that's one. So it's a lot more. Yeah. But then wow. that, you know then but then there's a lot online. There's a lot. Uh, there's a really nice silver one which I mentioned once before. It's about 180 thousand Australian dollars. 180,000. Wow. And when I was looking at them, and this is probably my biggest regret, Ryan, and I have spoken about it before, is not buying the GT3 when I was looking at it, the 996 GT3s. Um, and at that time, that was when they were the lowest and they were around sure. 95,000 Australia, 95, Australian dollars, around about. Wow. For a very low so mile, a, for a 38,000, sure. 40,000 kilometer car. So very low miles, yeah. 
Um, what year was that when you were looking? That was six years ago, maybe sure. seven years ago, six or seven years ago. So a reasonable time, but still they have really, really jumped up and they've become very, very right. popular. I mean, the GT3 is great. Nine like I, I, I agree with you. A 996.1, even though AP said the point two is better, that's probably because he worked on it. 996.1, I like the wheels on the point one. The point one has something which is a bit rawer. I think people, when you read reviews about it, it's more of a race car. A lot of people say it's a bit more, not twitchy, but it's it's more of a, an experience. Some people say the night sure, point two sure. is a bit softened down. I don't know if that's true or not. I haven't driven one, um, but I think it's a great it's a great choice for your um, next nine eleven. And in the next year, I'd be interested to know that story. And you have to keep in contact and tell me if you uh, if you eventually get one. Absolutely, that's a great car. I do speak to another guy on Instagram who's, who's been contacting me from Australia, and he just purchased one actually. Um, I just can't think of his name at the moment. And he's just purchased one and he sent me some images. It's a great looking car. It's simple. It's clean. You know, it's, it's, That's right. it's almost in disguise. You wouldn't know it was, it was, it was that powerful and that much fun to drive. Right. So I did look at, I did look at the, uh, the, it was on P car market Yes. and it was a 2004, um, GT three. Uh, so Mark two, nine, nine, six. And it sold for 56,000 us. And it had, That's crazy. Uh, yeah it's crazy and it sold for 56 us and it had i'm looking for the miles right now it had uh where's the mileage here so you were tempted uh, to buy this one you were watching it I, I i didn't see it i didn't even look I, I my my buddy shared it with me and he's like can you imagine oh 60 36 000 miles on it and um, it sold for 56 56 000 us plus the the fee which is only a couple of grand right pico market that's right that's right grand. That's wow, right. That's, that's a great. That's a great purchase. And and as you know, that G the, the first GT three. Uh, granted, this is a Mark two, but but the first GT three, uh, the only way the only way that plate that that car is going is going up over the next five to ten to fifteen years. Yes, right? absolutely, absolutely. You've so. got to get in. You've got to get in quickly. But you would get, you would sell the Cabriolet or you'd keep the Cabriolet. I would keep it. I would keep it um, and add to the garage. Yep, so, fantastic. Um, yeah, so I would keep the Cabriolet and then uh, and have the GT3 and then, you know, still have the Macan, obviously. Yeah, because you found such a great example in the Cabriolet. Why give it up? You know what I mean? And That's right. And it's only going to appreciate as well. So you may as well keep it and enjoy it. And it's a different experience to the GT3. Um, so Chicago, this question I always like to ask, Ryan, um, favorite drives in the area where you live or somewhere in America? What is what is the road? If someone comes to Chicago, um, I've only been there once before, but someone comes to Chicago, they want to go for a drive. Where should they take their 911 or where should they take their sports car? Where would you like to take sure. your 911 when the weather goes back to being warm again? Yeah, so to, to that first question, the only the only place to take it on in around the city is on Lakeshore Drive. And other than that, there's there's unfortunately not that many great roads compared to some of the other parts of the country. Uh, but Lakeshore Drive, if you ever get a chance and uh, and an opportunity take a car on Lakeshore Drive, go north on it, and then come back south and turn around and come back south where you have the lake on your left-hand side and you have the whole city skyline in front of you. It is a drive, and, and I've driven uh, quite a bit across the, the country. It is one drive that I'll always appreciate. Is that the road when you're driving into the Chicago and all the skyline is here and you're going along the bottom, like down below almost? Uh, so is that's that, that's in par- is that a freeway? That parallel. That's parallel. So it's that what you're talking about is below. That's lower, lower Wacker Drive, so to speak. Okay. And Lakeshore Drive is on the top side. So you're literally 
in parallel with the lake, Lake Michigan. And on the right hand side, you've got the whole city skyline. Yeah. I remember um, being in a car and driving on that and being and seeing that. And it was just fabulous to see the city. The city yeah. was just, you know, that dry, that road was just amazing. It was a really, really great view. Yeah. Really beautiful, beautiful. city, Chicago. Absolutely beautiful city. Yeah. All right. What else? I think we're at almost at the end. We're almost at the end, Ryan. Sure. We've actually been talking for almost an hour. So other obsessions. I know you're a watch guy as well. What have you bought? Yes. What have you got? <laughs> so this is going yeah, to bore the people. This is going to bore the people who don't <laughs> like watches. But I always like to, you know, we always have a common yeah. bond. It's always Porsches and Rolex or Porsches and something else. I mean, it, I've got exactly. Yeah, you've got your Explorer on. I've got my yep. um, BLNR on. My Batman Batgirl. Batman. I guess we can call it. Love which it. I, Love which I don't Batman. wear that much, but it's a really nice watch. Explorer. The Explorer Two is beautiful. Huh? You got the white face. Have you had that for some time? Yes, yeah, so I actually um, I, I bought this as a wedding gift back in 2017. So okay. about uh, three years ago, it's the 165710 Polar uh, Explorer 2, 40 millimeter, and this is my daily driver, so to speak. Um, it's it's fantastic, and uh, the serial on this is two. Sorry, Ron, that's the red hand or the orange hand, the same as mine. It's the it's the red hand. It's the oh, red you've hand. got the red hand. Yeah. Oops, oh, sorry. Okay. So you bought, it, you bought it vintage, you bought a, a special one. Yeah, and so it's, um, it's a 2004, which is uh, a special for me. Um, and, and then my next purchase was uh, actually right before, let me see here. So right after I bought the Macan, um, I had a milestone in my career, and I, I kind of went and splurged, and I bought a uh, GMT uh, 116710 LN, uh, which is the uh, black face and the green um you know gmt script with the yes. green hand yep um and so that one was in my collection as well yeah that's a nice that's a really nice watch i um i can say i guess work with someone that just who bought that reasonably recently from bahrain they actually had one left it was discontinued but they had one. Oh wow and he actually bought it and when he told me i said that was a really good buy i said because i bought my rolexes from rolex in bahrain and they didn't tell me they had that at the back and i think we bought it about <laughs> we bought it about the same time but he didn't really publicize that he bought it he kept it to himself but i think it's a, that's a great that's a great one actually the green script it's a really nice one yeah. I, in fact i like it better than the than the than the lvs and the green than the green bezel in all honesty sure. or, or the whole the, the me. yeah yeah yep. Yep. I did ask. I did ask at Rolex in Bahrain the other day, where I've been buying my watches. I did ask them before I left and came to London. What's the chance of you getting me the green Submariner? And they, yep. said, and sure. they said basically no, no chance. He, no he literally, chance. he literally, no he literally laughed at me. He literally laughed at me. Like I've bought five. <laughs> I bought five, four or five Rolexes from them now, and he literally still laughed at me. And it's, it's to, and it's to do with the green and it's to do with in the Middle East. Uh, most of the sure. Arabs really like green watches. So Is that right? The, so the APs with the green face, you, the green dial, you can't get. Rolex can't is get green. The Oyster Perpetual 41, the new one in green, forget about it. Those Oyster Perpetuals are going crazy. They're yeah. going crazy. Yeah. And there's a, <laughs> there's, a guy, um, there's a guy on YouTube who is in Australia and he's a farmer and he collects watches. Um, and he has a really basic, he has a basic YouTube channel and he just shows off all these Rolexes and he has vintage ones and new ones. His name's Jimmy, uh, Jimmy split, Jimmy split. I think it is. Okay. And he okay. just bought the oyster perpetual with the silver face, the silver dial. Yeah. And I would have overlooked that watch, but after I saw it, 
it, it's just a really, really beautiful striking. watch. It's a striking sure. watch. And it's, you know, sure. it's a very, I don't think it's, I wouldn't say conservative, but it's a very classic uh, Rolex watch. But it's, I tell you, I know everyone's looking at the green and the blue and, and all of that. But honestly, that yeah. silver dial version of that OP41, if you could get one, I know they're selling for like, you know, a couple of grand above retail now as well. Retail, right, right. It's crazy. Um, but yeah. So what's something next? About, some of the, something about for the, 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 the simplicity and the classic, just no frills again, just a standard, no complication, Oyster Perpetual, to your point, it's just striking. And the dial that they had put on those is, it just pops and I love it. Yeah, and the double the double markers at the hours are really, you know, it's it's just nice. That yeah. newer dial is really, really beautiful. But the Explorer 2, I mean, you know, I love yours. I was actually looking, you know, when I didn't think I could get the one I bought, the black dial, the new, you know, the new version, the 42 millimeter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was actually looking at yours. I was actually thinking about getting one from Chrono, you know, from a seller. Sure, but then sure. The, then the uh, then it came up, then they got one in stock for me, so I, I bought it. Coincidentally, I actually had the choice of a white and a black dial. They actually had the white in stock. I could have bought okay. either one. I tried okay. the white, and I really, you know, I don't have anything wrong. I know the white is probably more collectible, but for me, the white, for some reason, just, and my wife was with me at the time, the white, the white just does not suit my wrist. It just did not suit me. So, Fair enough. But I bought the black, and for me, the Rolex Explorer 2, it's, it's like an everyday, it's an everyday Rolex. It's one you just wear all the time. Um, and it looks Completely fantastic. Agree. And it looks fantastic. Yeah. Completely agree. I think uh, it, it's so my skin tone's a little bit darker than yours. Yeah. Which is <laughs> why so, I think it works. That's why it didn't work on yeah, me. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. And I think the the contrast of you know the dial is important. And so when people are going out and looking for watches, I always recommend them. You got to try it on, and you got to see how the the dial sits on your on your wrist and on your skin tone. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, t- I tried on day dates and date just when I was there that they had and they just, they don't work on me. Um, right. But the OP41, they had one in another color and it did actually look okay. Um, that's great, Ryan. Thanks for sharing that. It's good to talk to a fellow, a fellow watch lover. Um, so what's next on your watch list? Is there another brand you're going to buy? Something else apart from a Rolex? So I, I had a I had a Omega Seamaster 300 Master, uh, the coaxial with the 369 dial. Yes. Um, I love the 369 dial. I actually, I ended up selling that. Um, and I've been looking uh, for a, a 1016 yep. uh, Explorer and um, one that is eventually going to be in my collection. I'm not in any rush, but it needs to be a 19. It needs to be my birth year. And so um, that's going to be a super special uh, watch that eventually I'll, I'll somehow find. Uh, and, and that one's on my list. But outside of that, um, nothing that's sticking out to me. How about, how about from your side? Um, I'm actually, and people, you know, I'm actually wanting to get another Panerai. Panerai. Oh, okay, Panerai. And I know sure. it's I know it's very weird for because people aren't really it's not on people's radar at the moment. And I already have a few. I do actually have a few of them already. Um, but I want the I want the one from two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. And a seller in the U.S. has one. He's been sitting on it for a long time. So I'm just watching it just to see if it just sits there. And it's the California sure. dial. It's called a Pam two four nine. And it was a limited Pam two four nine. Pam two four nine. And it was a limited edition in uh, two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. So that 
that is something that I would buy, but there's plenty. I mean, my Chrono 24 app is just full of, you know, favorites, just the things that I'm watching <laughs> just to see, just to see, just in case. But I, I have to stop for a while. My wife told me I can't buy any more watches. I've, I've got no more room to store them anyway. So, Ryan, that's been great. Thank you so much for... So is it this one right here? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yep. And it's got a blue hand. I love that. Yeah. It's a fantastic that. watch. That's, that's really, that's a really cool watch. Yeah. It was... it. At the time, that watch, and I know people who are wanting to hear more Porsche talk are probably getting bored about this, but the, the pan, that Panerai, um, when it came out, it was it was really expensive. Like people were buying up and, and buying it above list and whatever. And then sure. because Panerai has gone off off the boil a little bit, which I reckon is coming back very very soon. And I still think that if people, if you want to get a watch, you're going to make you know not lose any money on. By Panerai because they're they're really low at the moment. The prices, the secondhand prices, are way too low. I completely agree with and you. And especially the special editions, limited editions like that one, the ones that are a little bit limited, they're the ones you should be looking for. Um, and they're yeah. the ones that are going to be. You know, you got to like the watch. Don't just buy it because it's a limited edition. But it's a, it's a. I, I think that's a great dial. I think it really is a great dial. It's beautiful. All right, Ryan, thank you so much. Um, thanks for being on Owner Stories. It was great talking to you. We seem to have a lot of com- one in common, so that's good. Porsches, Rolex. Yeah. Anything else before we go? You want to tell the listeners? No, I think, Michael, thanks for having me. Um, and I, I've, I've been following you know, your channel and your content, and it's been, uh, it's been enlightening, and I, I love it. It's, uh, um, I think you know, this time is uh, this time of the year, and you know, this year certainly for everyone, it's it's certainly great to have an outlet and to, to try to, um, you know, network and meet new people and given the circumstances. But, uh, anytime we have things in common, like cars and watches and whatnot, it's always great to, uh, expand and, and meet new people. And so I appreciate you having me on the, on the podcast. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's a great, it's great that we can sort of reach out and, and, and connect with each other and, and, and just chat during these times. It's fantastic. Thank you, Ryan. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I love your car. Thank I think you. You've, I think you've got a good one. It seems, you know, yeah. you've got a really good one. You know, you trusted the seller. It was, it was well sorted. You didn't really have to do much to it. And, you know, and you love it. That's the main thing. So well done. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. Uh, that was uh, Ryan from the US, from Chicago. Um, that's it for the Porsche Cool podcast today. This is Owner Stories. Uh, I hope I haven't got this number wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's owner stories number 16. Um, Like I said, I have been recording a few of these to get them so I can have a few weeks off in January. Um, But thanks for listening today and bye for now.